Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. In 1 Corinthians, Paul deals with one of the most perplexing and damaging conditions or problems that can exist in the church, the problem of division. Even in the first century, the church in different places began to form sects, identifying with one gifted person or another. Throughout history, this pattern has been repeated again and again, and the result is the confusing situation that exists among God's born-again people today. Yet in the first century, look how quickly and how definitely the Apostle Paul addresses this problem in the very first chapter of 1 Corinthians. Listen, verses 10 through 12. Now I beseech you, brothers, through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be attuned in the same mind and in the same opinion. For it has been made clear to me concerning you, my brothers, by those of the household of Chloe, that there are strifes, divisions among you. Now I mean this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Francis Paul has joined us for this fellowship today, critical portion right at the beginning of this book in 1 Corinthians. Francis, welcome back. Good to have you today. Thank you. It's very good always to be here, and we're in, I would say, a rather tough problem today, and one, the first problem that Paul approaches. Yeah, I was looking uh, in the recovery version on this verse 10, footnote 3 on verse 10 in the recovery version. Listen to this. It says, the first problem of the believers in Corinth dealt with was the problem of division. Nearly Division is always the leading problem, bringing in all other problems among believers. It may be considered the root of the problems among the believers. This matter, Francis, has gotten so prevalent, common among us, that I think to a large degree the believers, the Christians, have lost their sensitivity to the fact that it even is a problem, haven't they? I'm afraid that's the case because uh, it's so common among Christians now to either find the church of their choice or start one with their own uh, name. I don't think I would have ever thought that was the primary problem and the worst problem, but now I believe that that really is the case. It's primary. It's the thing that causes all the other problems to come up. This is not a moral problem exactly, but this is a problem against the name of Christ, and the name of Christ is not to be shared with anyone else. Uh, later on, Paul uh, even goes so far as to say, mark those that cause division among you. And he puts it on the same plane as the uh, serious, most serious moral uh, sins and problems that uh, had crept into the church. So we have to realize, because it touches something that is so fundamentally part of our fallen nature outside of Christ, this matter of division just seems to be as automatic to our natural man as breathing, doesn't it? Yes, there is in us a certain amount of division and uh, pride or mm-hmm. anything that would cause us to be different from others. Well, uh, I think we touch. Uh, we'll, we will touch today a few of the causes or a few of the characteristics of it uh, and how 
hopefully there is a way given in Scripture, in the Bible, in the divine revelation to overcome in this matter of division. All of that we hope to be able to get to in the program. In this first portion, uh, we see in these verses that we read that Paul identifies the problem of division very much with this matter of names. And for that, I think it would be good for us to read a verse we're all familiar with, but now in this context, it takes on even more significance, and that's in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Therefore also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Uh, So the name is critically important, as we see in this first portion and in Paul's context as he's addressing this problem to the believers in Corinth. Let's join Witness Lee. On this subject, Christ not divided. Have you noticed how the Apostle Paul deals with their division? She says in verse 10, Now I bestow, brothers, through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This indicates the division among the Christians always comes through one thing. What is this one thing? That is to make other names above the name of the Lord. When the Corinthians say, I am of Apollos, spontaneously, they make Apollos, the name of Apollos, above the name of Christ. Through the centuries down to today, all the divisions did the same thing. Why Paul says, I beseech you through the name of our Lord. Why? Because they just made some names above this name. And this is why we Christians shouldn't have any designation. Any designation means you make a name above the name of Christ. It is a shame. And... uh, This is not just a shame to the Lord, but also to yourself. But today, uh, they put such human names even on the signboards, right? It was a shame to the Apostle Paul, but it became a kind of a uh, signboard to them. They don't have the feeling of uh, shamefulness. Here, the Apostle Paul uses the unique name, the name that is above all names, to beseech all the divisive Corinthians. Francis, I've had this conversation with a number of very dear believers, and often you hear and as a response to this kind of fellowship, even when you look at these verses, well, the name is not that big a deal. You know, it's what we are in our hearts, something like this that really matters. But Paul was very quick 
uh, to come in when the Corinthian believers began to identify with the names of their favorite gifted worker, even if it was Paul or Cephas, who of course was Peter, the two, you know, key figures in the New Testament, or John or Apollos, this other gifted one. Why is the name significant? Well, because the name of Jesus is above every name. And to add another name, actually, is to put that name above the name of Jesus. Hmm. That is really a sad commentary on our situation today. It seems that all Christians nearly have a name that they attach to Christ or other than Christ. And sometimes, like you, I've talked to people along this line, and they say, well, I don't mean that. It doesn't mean anything to me. I'm really a Christian. I'm not. Mm -hmm. But they use another name to identify themselves. I believe that uh, what Paul is touching here, that this name is the only name that we need to keep preeminent. It's the name that God has raised above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. So we should not be putting another name above the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first indication of division, really coming into the body of Christ and becoming a serious uh, problem was when these other names were added on. Uh, I was looking in the uh, printed life study message, and he added a portion there that was not in the spoken message. I thought it was quite good. He made note of the fact that this was really the same mistake that Peter made in, in Matthew chapter 17, of course, on the Mount of Transfiguration, when they were there together. And Peter said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you're willing, I'll make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, elevating two other very prominent names in God's economy in the past, but he put them on the same plane, and of course the response was uh, swift and sure, wasn't it? That's right. A voice came out of heaven saying, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. And I think this is really what we need today. We need Paul's approach on this subject because it's at the root of all the problems, as you mentioned earlier. And we don't like to get caught in this, which divides Christians from one another so many, many times. In this next segment, Francis, uh, we want to come back to the very first verse we read a moment ago, verse 10. And the second part of that verse, uh, after Paul beseeches us through the name of the Lord Jesus, he then goes on to say that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be attuned in the same mind and in the same opinion. This word attuned, very interesting here. I think there will be some real help in what we're about to hear from Witness Lee especially related to this word attuned. Let's go back to his speaking now. I beseech you, brothers, that you all speak the same thing. Not so easy to speak the same thing. What is the same thing? That is Christ. Learn to say the same thing. Then, that there be no division among you, but that you be attuned in the same mind and in the same opinion. This word attuned really means mending. When two of the disciples there were mending the net when they were called, that was the word. So it means to repair, to bring back to a complete and perfect situation, to adjust the testimony of uh, the church in Corinth was broken, was torn. 
So Paul wrote this letter to mend it. And the mending is the atonement. There was no harmony among them. And Paul wrote this letter to mend the testimony, to bring back the harmony among them, to tune them, to atone, that they might be atoned in the same mind and in the same opinion. This means what? You Corinthians have no problem in your spirit. You all have been regenerated. You all have the Lord in your spirit. You have no problem in your spirit. The problem is where? It's in your mind. And also in your opinion. Do you know what the difference between opinion and mind? When you're thinking becomes your speaking. That is opinion. Not so easy to be atoned in the same mind. That means in the same way of thinking. And in the same opinion. That means what? In the same way of speaking. In the same opinion actually is to speak the same thing. When we all speak the same thing, we all are in one opinion, in the same opinion. Francis, I like this word, attuned. Uh, he points out that in Matthew, when the Lord called John and James, these two young fishermen, uh, this verse in chapter 4 says, And going on from there, he saw two brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them. They were net menders. That means they were fixing the torn nets. And that's the same word as this one in 1 Corinthians that translated attuned. That implies something was torn or damaged. What uh, is that referring to here? Well, I believe this is referring to the very thing that we started out with, and that is putting other names in conjunction with the name of Christ. The oneness is really in Christ. And to have another name is really to divide the body of Christ. This is quite broken, and it really needs a careful attuning. Yeah. So I like the word that you mentioned, too, attuning. We need to see this broken thing mended. And uh, Paul has really set out to do that in this epistle because this is the root of all the other problems that they had. And actually, I, I believe, Chris, today, the root of the problems among Christians is just this one thing, hmm. division. If we would practice a oneness, what a difference that would make. What an effect that would have on people. And what a glory it would be to the Lord if we only had his name hmm. and no other name added. I have to admit that I was born using another name. I got saved even by using another name. Uh, I mean, by right. identifying with a certain group of Christians. Then I kind of fell away from that, and so I picked up another name. Mm -hmm. And then I fell away from that and picked up another name. And then pretty soon, no name was so important as my own name. <laughs> so I'm afraid this is where we lead us. We get so divided, we're just left by ourselves. Right. You know, we make uh, no apology for the fact that this ministry, Living Stream, represents the writings of these two uh, 
ones that were called by the Lord in the 20th century, raised up in China, Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, but certainly our appreciation for them, our receiving from them, uh, should never lead us to the point where we become identified with with them in that sense, that we would elevate their name. Oh, we're in the Witness Lee uh, movement or the Watchman Nee Church. Uh, any name, uh, no name should rival that of the Lord Jesus, regardless of how much we appreciate the person or the worker. And throughout ages, throughout the ages, the Lord has used so many vessels mm-hmm. uh, beyond these two, certainly. And uh, But never is it in God's ordination that there would be any name elevated to such an extent. And you're right, this has become... Uh, a real source of damage and problem, and it has created a situation where today we need a lot of mending, don't we? A lot of mending. There are many broken situations, one on top of another. Pretty soon it's not just the name of one denomination, but it's preceded by a separation from that one name. He goes on in uh, chapter 1 and says to these dividing Corinthians, Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Of course, referring to those who were saying, I am of Paul, were the Pauline believers. Or were you baptized into the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. Uh, So Paul, very clearly here, diminishing even himself, or perhaps especially himself, because he was being used so much by the Lord at that time in history in the church, unveiling the divine revelation and God's New Testament economy and establishing the churches in so many places, yet... He uh, certainly diminished his own significance in that way uh, so as never to cause a problem, a division in the body of Christ. Let's go back in this final section, Francis, because this matter of division, as we talked early in the program, is something that is just inherent in our fallen nature. Mm-hmm. And how to? it's one thing to identify it and see it as a problem and have our conscience uh, sensitized to this matter and realize that, whoa, division is serious in the body of Christ, but what to do about it? I think there'll be some help in this final portion. God is now recovering Christ. Just Christ. Only these will keep us from being divided. I must tell you, every one of us is born divisive. How could you be rescued from this kind of nature by birth? No other way. Just by seeing Christ. When you see Christ, when you have learned the secret to enjoy Christ, you'll be rescued from the divisive nature. In Brother Nee's book, The Normal Christian Suicide, he talked a lot about all the sources of divisions. For you, me, to avoid any kind of division. The unique rescue is to see Christ, to receive him, and to learn the secret how to enjoy him. Then, you know what? We all will be attuned. We all will be repaired, mended. And we will have a harmony. If you have been all the time enjoying Christ, there will be a kind of harmony. We all must learn one secret. That is, to speak the same thing, to have the same mind, and to have the same opinion. Learn not to have 
any other choice, preference. No. Learn not to have any taste. Only one choice, one preference, one taste, and one enjoyment. That is the all-inclusive Christ. Only these will preserve us, you and me, in the church. Otherwise, sooner or later, something will disappoint you. Something will distract you. Francis, uh, his concluding word here, there is a secret we have to learn. And just before he said there's a very key thing we have to see, the secret and the seeing. Uh, without these two, we're going to be distracted and disappointed. We will really fall into division if we don't have these two things. Why don't you help us uh, remember again these key points? Well, it is very, very true that if we lose sight of Christ, and I'm referring to the all-inclusive Christ as mentioned by Brother Lee, in this section, if we lose sight of him, we will surely be divided. Division is in our nature, in our fallen condition. So we must have a real mending, a real attuning to have our sight back on Christ and him alone. He is our enjoyment. He is our head. He is our life. And if we center on him alone, we will be safe and will be kept from being divisive. The division is the most damaging thing to the Lord's body, just as it was our own body. Mm -hmm. If we started dividing our own body up by making ourselves just known by one member of our body, we would be a strange creature. Right. And I'm afraid this is what has happened to, among Christians everywhere. There's been such a emphasis on other points other than Christ, some particular doctrine, some favorite Christian leader, or some uh, other way to divide us by putting another name alongside the name of Christ. This we must avoid. We must see Christ, and we must enjoy Christ. He's so inclusive, so everything to us, there's no reason for us to look for something else. And this way, we could keep the oneness of the body of Christ. He referred to a book written by Watchman Nee called The Normal Christian Life, which really does touch the corporate side uh, some, but is mainly focused on uh, our individual walk with the Lord. Then he wrote this other marvelous book, The Normal Christian Church Life, where he really identifies this issue we've been talking about today. And I think it's in that book where he, he draws attention to the fact that the things that Paul eventually enumerates as the most serious, significant problems in the church, the matter of division, the matter of immorality or fornication, and the matter of idolatry. Fornication and immorality damage our body. The problem is idolatry and division damages his body, and that's why they're so serious and so significant, and really we need to uh, regard this matter in a very fresh way before the Lord. I think it should cause all of us to really come to the Lord in an opening way and allow him to shine into us as to the nature of this matter in our own flesh and how it affects our own walk and relationship with Him. I think we need to be enlightened and willing to admit that our nature is quite divisive. And if we would see that in Christ there is a oneness, there is the preeminence that we need to enjoy to the uttermost, this would preserve us. Yes. Francis, we have that book available through Living Stream Ministry, The Normal Christian Church Life. Of course, we have the printed life study messages that we've been 
uh, covering in 1 Corinthians. If you are listening and would like to find out uh, about either of these titles, other resources we have available, then I would invite you to call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788, or you can always send email to us. Send it to radio at lsm.org. That's all the time we have for today, and uh, thanks, Francis, for your help. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And for Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Throughout the centuries, the Lord has recovered many truths concerning His purpose and plan for humanity. The recovery version of the New Testament by Living Stream Ministry presents these crucial truths in a format that is easy to understand and study. This faithful translation of the original Greek text includes outlines of each book of the New Testament, over 9,000 footnotes, more than 13,000 cross-references, charts of important truths, and color maps. The New Testament recovery version from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788. That's 1-888-543-3788.